This is Rob Savage, the director of Host, and you're listening to the Horror Squad podcast. Welcome back to the Horror Squad Podcast. This is episode number 316, where tonight we are going to be talking about 2024's Out of Darkness, which is now currently in theaters. So go and check it out if you'd like. Maybe, maybe not. After you hear our review, we shall see. Uh, I am here, of course, as always, with Steve. Unfortunately, we are once again toddless this week. He sadly lost one of his dogs this week, so... Our thoughts definitely go out to Todd. A very, very tough situation for him. Hopefully, he will be back, though, next week. Steve, how you doing, buddy? How was your week? It's been a week. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of major unfortunate events on my end as well. But I do want to send out my love to Todd and his family. You know, rest in peace to Bruce, his dog. Um, yeah, losing a pet, man, that's like a losing a family member. You know, I, people who don't have pets don't understand, but those who do absolutely do understand. So... Yeah, my uh, heart definitely goes out to them. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm not going to talk about my stuff. It's really not important in the grand scheme of things. It's just the way it is, you know, fucking winter. I hate winter so much. I, I'm like the, I'm not Canadian in that way. I just do not like when it's winter and I feel just bad shit happens in the winter. But I'm looking forward to this spring and summer where I'm moving again. I'm becoming like Todd in that respect where I keep moving. And, you know, then we got a ton of cool events that we're going to Pittsburgh in June. And for, then we have, of course, our Salem stuff in October. It's going to be a good year, I think. Just it started off kind of rough. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, yeah. It's... That sucks. Losing a pet is is the worst. So I can only imagine what him and his family are going through right now. It's tough. But I am extremely excited for all of our upcoming fun stuff uh, this year. I'm super, super pumped for that. Living Dead Weekend. That's the first one, folks. So don't forget, June 7th through the 9th, official Horror Squad podcast meetup. It is going to be an amazing time. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you buy your tickets, especially the 1 p.m. mall tour. Of course, Living Dead Weekend, if you don't know, takes place in the Monroeville Mall where they filmed Dawn of the Dead. So they are doing an entire tour of the mall, including stuff you can't see, like in the public eye, um, where they take you behind the scenes to see where they filmed some of the movie behind the scenes and stuff like that. So definitely do that. 1 p.m. mall tour on Saturday. It's a three-hour tour, one to four, and then we'll probably do the rest of the con, and then we'll probably end up doing a dinner or something like that with everybody Friday as well. I think we'll be planning some sort of dinner, lunch, or something like that as well. So come and hang out with us all weekend, Living Dead Weekend, Monroeville, Pennsylvania. It's going to be awesome. LivingDeadWeekend.com, I believe, is the website where you, so you can get all the information of that. Or join the Discord, of course. Yeah, it is just to mention Creep Year that they're calling it, yes. which is Night of the Creeps, Creep Show 1 and 2, and also some Dawn of the Dead, of course, because it's the Monroeville Mall, so they always invite Dawn of the Dead people. Uh, they've only announced that, as of time of this recording anyway, people from Night of the Creeps, including Tom Atkins, which I'm super psyched about. Like, I've never met him. He's, you know, not a young chicken <laughs> anymore, so I'm glad I'm finally getting the chance. And they said that they were going to start talking about the Creep Show people imminently, but they keep re-announcing the same <laughs> Night of the Creeps guests, so I'm very curious who they're going to get there. I'm uh, Galen Ross, I think, is kind of a obvious one because she was both in dawn of course and creep show but right. i'm curious who else they're gonna get yeah yeah i mean ken forey probably right you would think 
whoever's left of the well, living Don- cast of Dawn yeah, will be I mean, there. Yeah, probably in the Scott Ren gear as well. Right. But for creep show specifically, you know, they're uh, Adrian Barbeau, I would say, maybe, yeah. especially since Tom Atkins is there. You know, do a little, sure. little good combo there. Uh, the dude from part two with the, uh, uh, yeah, like the, yeah, the native dude because from Chief Woodenhead. Yep. So there's going to be some interesting people, I think, that could show up. Yeah, no, for sure. I think the, there might be some surprises and whatnot. I bet there'll be a lot of like sort of randos that you don't really see at Horacons that maybe were in these shorts from yeah. the creep shows and stuff like that. So that would be cool. I'm a, I'm excited for Fred Decker. I've never had the chance mm. to meet him, director of Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps. So I want to add him to my um, Monster Squad poster and stuff. So that would be cool. And I want to show him that our podcast was yeah, right. sort of after the Monster Squad and we have, you know, the you know, our, one of our logos looks exactly like the monster squad font, stuff like that. So I hope he'll at least appreciate that. But yeah, the whole night of the creep, if you're a night of the creeps fan, this is the con mm-hmm. to go to because they have like, essentially the entire cast is going to be there for that. So plus yeah. obviously a lot of other stuff. I mean, it takes place. I've never been to a con that takes place in a mall. Like apparently they have vacant spots in the mall where they just put vendors and stuff in the celebrities and stuff. So that'll be interesting enough. And I'm excited to see, of course, the George Romero statue, that they dedicated to him after he passed. Um, was it before or after he passed? I think after he passed, right? They put that right statue after, up in the yep. mall. Yeah. So that would be cool. And just being able to sit in the food court, you know, where, you know, the movie took place and maybe have a snack or something like that. Yeah, I, I think really the food court is the uh, former arena from the movie. So when mm-hmm. you see them on uh, on the ice, that's that's, that's where cool. the food court is now. Yeah. Yeah, That's this awesome. is like one of my uh, horror like pilgrimage sites, really. In fact, probably just period <laughs> pilgrimage sites I always want to go to. This is like so special to me. I, I can't wait. And we're staying at the hotel right in front of the mall. Oh, man, I'm so excited to just see it all and take it all in. And the tour is going to be so cool to see. You know, they do a lot of stuff, of course, in the movie behind the scenes, not just inside the mall, but like in the boiler room and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really psyched about this. Absolutely. So once again, don't forget, June 7th through the 9th, Living Dead Weekend, come join us, the official Horror Squad podcast meetup. We keep hearing a lot of people saying, come to the West Coast. You mentioned Horror Pilgrimage. I've, I mean, mine is the Nightmare on Elm Street house and the Halloween house, both in with, LA. Yeah, with a walking distance, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. So maybe we'll have to plan some sort of, there. they do a lot of horror cons out there, so maybe mm-hmm. we'll have to plan something in the next couple of years out to uh, LA for our next Agreed. meetup. And uh, give those West Coast people some love as well. All right, Steve, you ready to spill a little tea this week? I am. Oh, you want the tea? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't serve tea. Nope. Instead, you get a cup of Joe. And now here's Joe with the news. All righty. Thank you so much, Chuck. And here it is, ladies and gentlemen, your cup of Joe for this week. Let's start off with some really big news in the horror community and that is we just actually talked about this i think a couple weeks ago on our last horror news segment and that is 28 years later of course we knew it was gonna it was getting pitched around uh, with killian murphy and danny boyle both kind of being at the forefront to do this well it has been acquired ladies and, and gentlemen and 28 years later is officially happening killian murphy will be producing this one with danny boyle of course back on board to he write the script and i'm sure he'll be coming back to direct as well we'll see about that nothing officially in there yet 
But yeah, a, a deal was struck with Sony Pictures. Uh, the, detail, the deal details currently are unavailable, but one thing that was part of this deal is there is at least going to be a two-movie deal. So we are going to get 28 years later and then 28 decades later decades later <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know we'll see 28 years later part two i don't really know so yeah you know we'll see what's gonna happen here but so yeah the deal details unavailable but they said each movie would have a budget in the 60 million dollar range and a theatrical release was of great importance to the filmmakers so this will not be of course a direct to streaming one this is going to get a theater release 60 million dollar budget at least so you know it's going to be a size that's a sizable budget so you know it's going to be a good movie it seems like they are going to be doing this the right way uh so yeah steve you must i know you're, you're a big 28 days later fan i wasn't on the 28 days later episode that's one of the ones i missed oh, so wait, 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 wait. give my thoughts on that but i also am a big fan of this franchise so yeah i, I can't wait yeah you'll have to do it as a well watch once we do yeah. 28 years later um, yeah, I, I like this movie. I thought it was really good. But the thing I liked about 28 Days Later specifically is basically when they're on a road trip, uh, which is the first like you know, two thirds of the movie. It's when it gets into the bigger stuff that I wasn't as big of a fan of. So I hope they kind of keep it smaller uh, for this particular series. But hopefully Killian Murphy does more than just produce i'd really like to see him his character return in some capacity so uh yeah i'm pretty psyched about it you know it's uh it's the right people making it so that's always good it's not like it's some crew just taking over the name so we'll see i guess we'll see what happens once we get more information but right now i'm pretty psyched about it yeah definitely i think i i think it's a foregone conclusion killian will definitely be back in some capacity acting some way in this um <laughs> yeah i think so for sure which I'm, but i'm sure he's getting a lot of knocks yeah, on the door right, right now his stock is going uh, way up right so. after oppenheimer and i think it's a foregone conclusion he's probably going to win best actor at the oscars coming up in march so we'll see about that a little update on beetlejuice it has officially been you know sort of announced by the studio with uh release date and all that but what we now know is the title of this movie which is beetlejuice beetlejuice which, you know, pretty clever, of course, take on it. And I think it is now a foregone conclusion. We have to get a, a third one now, right? To finish the trilogy of Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Right, Steve? Absolutely. We have to. Like, it's it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> and we got the poster, which is yes. uh, cool. Now, Not it's, it's impressive because, no, uh, <laughs> we've had so many fake posters over the last decade. Like, you know how many times that in horror groups, people are like, oh, my God, here it is. It's coming. New Beetlejuice. You know, and it's like, no, this is fake. This is made up. Unfortunately, there a lot of the ones I saw were a lot better than the one they actually released. But maybe this is a sign of what we've been talking about for years now, where the movie will start with Beetlejuice still waiting in the waiting room, right? Because the poster is of basically a number from the waiting room. So I'm hoping that's how they start the movie. I think that would be the easiest way to explain why such a long gap is Beetlejuice is still waiting for his turn. So yeah, I'm pretty psyched about it. Yeah, 100% agree. Burton actually already like, you know, kind of teased that, I think, in one of his pictures when they wrapped up production of him like kind of sitting in the waiting room chair and stuff like that so i think that was definitely how this movie is going to open you're right and it's going to be awesome where does where does tim burton go from here though ladies and gentlemen well we know we now know as it has been announced that tim burton 
is going to be directing a new take on Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Of course, the classic sci-fi movie, which has had a few iterations since its original release. I think he's perfect for this. Uh, you know, I think this is right up his alley, and hopefully he we see a horror out here. But Steve, I want to know, who would be a great role for the 50-Foot Woman this this uh, in this day and age? Oh, man, that's like... There's so many great actresses that it could be. I don't know who I'd go with, honestly. There, there are just such a great amount of awesome female talent these days that you could really go any way. But if I'm going to nominate one person, I'd go Samara Weaving because mm. she can be both serious but also funny. And I think she could do like a good job of being the 50-foot woman. So, yeah, I'm pretty psyched about it, despite the last interpretation of that movie I've seen from Full Moon uh, two years oh, ago. God. Which was, oh, God. Oh, 50-foot cam girl, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, God, that was, yeah, it was bad. Actually, I don't know if you have Full Moon news on uh, in your new segment, but... Uh, I don't, actually. You, you, get, you get something? Yeah, so Full Moon is splitting its brand off, and I forget what the name is offhand, but basically they're having another side of their studio which is going to focus on more horror type content rather than what they've been doing kind of comedy slash smut <laughs> that they've been doing for the last like 10 years and they said that there are eight titles currently slated for that kind of horror side of full moon so it sounds like maybe charles band has listened to the fans and realized that you know what people really miss our 90s 80s stuff so We'll see. I'm pretty psyched about it. Although one of the, the first tiles they announced was bad CGI werewolves, which is like, oh man, that's exactly the type of thing someone's been making already. Right. But I'm cautiously optimistic that maybe Full Moon will start going back to what made them famous in the first place. Let's hope so, man. I really hope. I mean, because they were so good. They were really so good like in the 90s or even early 2000s. And what they've just you know gone into it's just been they've basically become like a way worse version of trauma i mean mm -hmm. at least trauma like kind of you know like makes like so bad it's good whereas like full moon's just doing so bad it's bad yeah, right it's now so bad yeah. and yeah hope so hopefully you know i mean i know the studio's not making much money and they don't have a budget anymore like they used to but hopefully they can just turn the ship some way somehow and because band man oof yeah, they, they just announced a new uh, Barbie and Kendra movie. <laughs> this time they're going to The Last Drive-In with uh, Joe Bob Briggs and, uh, All yeah, right. and, <laughs> and uh, Darcy the Male Girl. So, I mean, I'll watch it because I like The Last Drive-In and yeah. uh, it could be cool, but let's just say my expectations are pretty low on that one. Absolutely. All right, now let's get into the next bit of news here and uh, exciting news. But probably Universal Studios' worst-kept secret was officially announced as they have announced their plans for their brand-new theme park of Epic Universe. Why does this matter to us horror fans? Well, we have talked about this several times, I think, on the podcast, and that is a horror world has officially been confirmed by Universal Studios at this new theme park. It is going to be titled Dark Universe. Their take, of course, on the legendary Universal monster characters. Um, they also announced plans for their other parks, which is going to be a 
their other themes in this park, which is going to be a Harry Potter world, a Super Nintendo world, a How to Train Your Dragon world, and something called Celestial Park, which I assume is some sort of original It's like the theme. hub, basically. Okay, their hub, yeah. But, of course, the centerpiece for us horror fans is the Dark Universe. Um, it is said to be an ominous and chilling, chilling experience. Now, here is where I perk up a little bit with a little bit of trepidation. And that is the reimagining of the the character the Universal Monster characters, which they did in their new video release the images of these characters. And I gotta say, Steve, I was a little disappointed when I saw these characters. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, they don't look terrible. You know, right. I wouldn't say like, oh my god, no. Like, you know, but they definitely look different than I guess what we're used to. But until I see them in motion and on you know the attractions they didn't actually give a lot of details as to what actually is in dark universe right we know uh dracula's castles in there we know there's a woods that could be related to the wolfman there are rumors that there's some kind of lagoon for creature of the black lagoon so i'm reserving judgment really until we see more specific details as to what's in that part of the park but i am super psyched about this whole uh, epic universe i like the idea of it so if you've been to universal studios in the last few years their immersion is insane for their newer sections uh the older sections not so much but for your newest sections like harry potter if you're a harry yeah. potter fan man you're transported into that world Definitely. and it's similar to star wars at disney and in this one it's cool because when you go in there are essentially four portals and you enter into these portals which brings you into these worlds where you forget that you're in a Florida theme park and you're into this whole like kind of universe and I'm psyched for that. So very curious what they're going to do. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm super excited too, and I cannot wait to visit it. I know it's going to be just absolutely insane with crowds the first, you know, year or two, but I can't wait to finally make the trek and, and see it all. I know that I think the big thing they're talking is a dark ride, which is obviously perfect for universal monsters themed. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, we'll see. Like I said, I, I'll reserve judgment until I see them. I just wish they stuck with the original characters. But at the same time, I get it, right? Like, you know, those are the past. They have to bring it into the new sort of generation and new thing. And if they can be scary and potentially lend to new sort of Universal Monster movies or something like that, I'm all for it. And so we'll see. Next bit of news here is the Coen brothers. The Coen brothers, of course, the iconic directors who have brought us some amazing films over the years. Fargo, The Big Lebowski, No Country for Old Men. Well, they have announced they are coming back with a new movie, and it is going to be a horror movie, ladies and gentlemen. In a recent film festival in Norway, they were interviewed, and Ethan Coen says that him and his brother Joel have written a new script together where they will once again be collaborating on and they said it's a pure horror film and it gets very bloody direct quote there ladies and gentlemen the comb uh it goes on to say in this interview in this article too that and i don't didn't even know this so they actually did a movie called blood simple which is one of their very first horror movies they ever directed and that was a horror movie as well so apparently they are returning to their horror roots here to color me extremely excited for this because I love the Coen brothers. They're great. And them doing a pure horror film as they're saying it. I hope that's true. And I hope it's not just something to get in the news. I hope it is actually going to be a pure horror bloody film uh, we get here. So we'll keep you up to date on that once we get information, but I am 
obviously extremely excited about this. I'm sure you are too, Steve. I'm sure you're a fan. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love uh, their work. Big Lebowski is one of my favorite movies of all time. And Fargo is amazing. Like you said, No Country for Old Men is amazing. Uh, They have a a great filmography. And the thing that they do best is characters. Mm -hmm. The way that they've developed their characters is man on another level so i really hope that uh, this is kind of in the same vein but with a big uh, kind of horror touch to it so yeah i'm very psyched about this one speaking of immersion and horror pilgrimages that we talked about earlier some big news has come out as this of course iconic stanley hotel in colorado of course from inspiration for the shining of course and whatnot well, they have teamed with Blumhouse, of all people, to create a horror movie fan's destination. Uh, in a official release, they went said, here's Blumhouse. This iconic Colorado hotel will now have a new element of fun and fright for Coloradans. Coloradans? I don't know how you would say that. I guess. Is that what they call them these days? Coloradans and visitors across the world to enjoy driving tourism and strengthening our economy. I look forward to seeing the exhibit, and I'm happy that our administration can help make this possible. That was from, of course, uh, the governor of Colorado. So the plan is going to be a 10,000-plus-foot Stanley Film Center exhibit space that is going to have, of course, they are saying the driving force will be horror in this exhibit with, I guess, maybe hopefully some props and some maybe a thing of the maze or something like that. I don't know. It sounds like it's going to be cool. We shall see. I know some horror fans are upset about this because Blumhouse is the one sort of at the forefront uh, with it, but I think it sounds cool bringing horror finally into what made that hotel so iconic and kind of making it a even bigger destination for horror fans is awesome. So I'm all for it. I don't get why people would be upset about this. <laughs> like it's, uh, you know, it's horror preservation and right. no one else is doing it. So you should be happy that Blumhouse is doing it. Like, who the fuck cares how you feel about their movies? If they're trying to take an iconic piece of horror history and restoring it for fans to enjoy, what are you complaining about? It's, it's weird. It's such a, you know, it, it's like anything, right? When something goes to becomes too popular, people turn on it. You see it all the time in any you know medium. It's, it's very unfortunate, but uh yeah, I'm, I'm psyched about this. I, I think I wish we saw this more, to be honest, that yeah. you know, Blumhouse maybe buying all of the classic houses and not turning it into a dentist's office or uh, you know whatever the case may be with uh, these famous horror locations and giving it back to the fans in a way by giving them the chance to live those movies. So I think it's fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, well, we'll keep you guys up to date once we get more information for that. Maybe a horror squad meetup in the future in the the following years to come two last things to get through here one really quick note is that Catherine o'hara has joined the cast uh of season two of the last of us of course beetlejuice fame amongst many other things and we will end tonight on a more somber note as surprisingly i think for most of us we unfortunately lost acting legend Carl Weathers just this past week. He was 76 years old. Uh, In a statement, the family said, uh, we are deeply saddened to announce the passing of Carl Weathers. He died peacefully in his sleep on Thursday, February 1st, 
2024. Carl was an exceptional human being who lived an extraordinary life through his contributions to film, television, the arts, and sports. He has left an indelible mark and is recognized worldwide and across generations. He was a beloved brother, father, grandfather, partner, and friend. Carl Weathers, of course, to horror fans will know him best, of course, for, you know, being in the Predator franchise. But, I mean, like they said, he's left his mark. Of course, the uh, Rocky franchise playing Apollo Creed. Most recently, The Mandalorian he was in as well. Happy Gilmore as Chubbs. I mean, the list really goes on and on. So many iconic roles uh, he has been in. Also, Close Encounters of the Third Kind as well. He was uh, in that as well. So, yeah, this one definitely hits. Uh, he was, you know, I I had the chance to meet him just a couple years ago at Texas Frightmare Weekend. Just a, just an awesome guy. One of my, you know, favorite. I The Rocky franchise I grew up on, man. So, like, Apollo Creed, he was just one of my favorite characters. And, uh, yeah, this one sucks for sure. And it was surprising because, like, he was still acting just, like, you know, re- very, very recently. So, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, same thing. I grew up on the Rocky film, so I lo- I watched those movies so fucking much when I was growing up. So much so that I recorded the soundtrack on a tape player, just playing the movie while the, the song was doing it. So because you know it was kind of complicated back then to get the actual soundtrack. And yeah, I just God, he's such a great actor and everything that he's been in. I had the chance to meet him at uh, a con a long, long time ago. I'm not gonna say why I didn't. Not, you know, given the recent news, but, you know, I definitely going to miss his presence in a lot of these movies. And uh, he's a big part of my kind of early filming, you know, uh, stuff. So, I, yeah, he's great and he'll definitely be missed. Absolutely. So once again, rest in peace, Carl Weathers, dead at 76. All righty. Well, let's get into what watch then. Stevie, what you been watching? So I am continuing. My uh, little marathon here that I've been doing for the past three weeks. This is my fourth week doing this, two more weeks after this. And that is the subspecies series, which I'm going through uh, once a week. And this one, a little bit of a curveball here. So after three, I think they intended to do a trilogy and they went into a spinoff film, which I didn't even know happened between three and four. So thank you for our listener, Caleb, pointing it out. So that's what I watched. It's uh, 1997's Vampire Journals. Uh, which I watched over on Tubi. So this one, it has doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of the subspecies other than it's vampires and it's set in the same world. But the characters of both apparently meet up in part four, which is why it was important to watch at this stage of the, of the marathon. So this story is about, you know, it's a vampire who's pissed off that he was turned years ago and he's on a crusade to kill all the other vampires as a way to kind of exact revenge on the vampire kind. So he's basically a vampire hunter whilst also being a vampire. Uh, When he feeds, he doesn't feed to kill. He feeds just enough that keeps his victims alive because he's not about turning people or killing people. So he sees this like young, attractive woman. She's a pianist and this like kind of powerful vampire is also there. And he's kind of using her as bait to get to that other vampire. But of course, he starts falling for her, and then the other guy also falls for her, and it becomes kind of this battle between uh, the vampire hunter and that main vampire. So he goes to a club that the guy owns, and there's some politics involved and some vampire you know, shenanigans, and that's basically the gist of the story. Uh, I would say this one is 
on par with the rest of the series, but in a different way. This one is a little bit more character-driven. It's more about vampire politics, I guess you can say. There aren't as many kills. They're not as gruesome. It's not as horror, I guess, as the other three subspecies films. But there's still some strong story elements here. Uh, there's a lot of nudity, so if you're into that, there's no... Uh, they don't skimp out on that part of it. And I think it's it's a good watch. You know, I didn't find it boring or anything like that. It just doesn't, I guess, hit as hard as the other species because I am a big horror fan. But story-wise and everything like that, I think it's worth checking out, especially if you're going through the series because it will be important once you get to Subspecies 4. One of the vampires from this film uh, crosses over into what happens there. So I would say... Watch it if you're watching the series, but it's not one I'd go out of my way to watch, especially just on its own. But you can watch it on its own because it does stand on its own as a story since it doesn't really have anything to do with the subspecies. So that's Vampire Journals from 1997 on Tubi. I give it three out of five stars. Never knew that existed. I'll tell you that much. I only knew when I <laughs> looked when I started looking at the, what's, what it was in the series. But like I said, I didn't know it happened between three and four. So thanks, Kaelin, again. Cool for letting me know that there you go nice all right well i'm trying this year to not be a complete slacker when it comes to movie watching so i jumped on the train of what well, that we did on the discord there of watching a different movie every month based on recommendations so for the month of january steve's recommendation of the swarm i decided to check out it's currently streaming over on netflix for those of you who do want to check it out 2020 release i believe or 2021 release so this one and i do have to get on steve's other punishment movie of uh i don't even remember what it's shingles. called shingles yes <laughs> so maybe next week i'll jump on that and be done with the punishments for now but okay back to the swarm so yeah this this one is a french film so subtitled and it is about a mother who is now a single mother as the father has just recently passed away. So she is trying to sort of make ends meet, take care of her now, her children as she's on her own now. So she decides to start breed, uh, breeding locusts and selling them off as feed for animals and whatnot. And yeah, so, you know, she starts, it's a very sort of small operation to begin with, just sort of one little, tiny little greenhouse, I guess you could say. And yeah, you know, she has her two kids and, you know, there's sort of this disconnect, I guess you could say, between her and the daughter and whatnot. And yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's sort of, I wouldn't say dysfunctional family setup, but not the most ideal uh, family situation going on. So amongst all of this sort of family drama, and the struggles she comes to learn from an accident that happens is that the locusts thrive on blood. <laughs> um, and from there, she starts feeding the locust blood, and she comes to find out that by feeding them blood, they thrive like crazy, where they start multiplying, they start breeding. They become, you know, this sort of superpower where she, you know, ends up with like 10 greenhouses or whatever. And that is where the craziness ensues, as at one point the locusts do end up escaping and we have a swarm of locusts sort of attacking. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. This movie really is sort of a 
it's really a psychological drama, uh, you know, more than a horror movie in a lot of ways. It deals with, you know, I think the, you know, the horror elements are mild in in this movie. They're, you know, at the forefront, really, it's the family sort of drama and the coping with, you know, the death of the husband and stuff and stuff like that. And that is the important, I would say, aspects of the film that they do focus on. When the locusts do attack, it's awesome. And I wish we got more of that. I, I wish we did get more of the, the sort of horror elements with the locusts. But it's still a really good film. If you were into sort of those type of movies where, so, you know, the horror, I guess, takes a back seat, but it's still there. It's still a powerful movie. Obviously, I think, you know, there's a lot of metaphors to be had in this movie. It's definitely a movie that you can really sort of, you know, sit down and think about, which I always really enjoy those types of movies um, in a lot of ways. So, and at the forefront is a great performance by our lead actress who is played by Steve will can probably pronounce this better than I can, but uh, Sulian Brahim. Does that sound good enough? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is, she gives just an amazing performance in the lead role here. So yeah, I gave it three and a half out of five. I, I really did enjoy it and it probably wouldn't went up more if we got a little more horror elements with the locusts but it's pretty fucking scary when they do go out there and, and start attacking and locusts are just creepy in general right i mean you know they're at the forefront of sort of the apocalypse right and stuff like that so i mean they're always sort of a foreboding uh thing in general and we definitely you don't really see locusts in harmonies too much so it was kind of cool to see them in this thing so yeah that's uh the swarm you can currently check it out on netflix and uh, i'd recommend it it was a good one glad you liked it it's uh it's one that like i recommend to people i don't think anyone will ever watch it so uh, it's, i just want to get a little bit more word out there and i figured this is like your type of movie you know it's sure. a little slower burn but it's also mm-hmm. like it goes somewhere it doesn't like yeah just kind of falter and yeah mm-hmm. so I, I liked it for that as well so my last movie this week is actually for the same reason so now that we're February, I uh, went into my second recommendation from that same Discord one movie recommendation per month thing. So this one is from our buddy Eric. So thank you very much for this recommendation. And it's 2010's Stakeland, which I watched over on Tubi, but I understand it's also on Peacock in the United States. So this movie is about uh, a boy who uh, gets into a vampire attack at his uh, family farm. And his parents are killed by the vampire. And this uh, kind of gruff guy takes him in and shows him the ways of how to survive in this post-apocalyptic world where vampires have taken over the United States. And they're, now everyone is kind of in colonies where there are some good colonies, which are kind of these little towns that have protected borders and they help people and they try to survive the best they can. And then there are some bad colonies, of course, more culty, religious type places who just want people to serve under their God and, you know, think the vampires are deities as opposed to villains and stuff like that. And it's about these two people kind of going through the U.S. trying to make it to Canada, which is like what they call New Eden. Apparently Canada did a good job of protecting themselves from these vampires. Presumably because of the cold, you know, anyway, we don't really know, but that's basically the journey. It feels a lot like The Last of Us, if anyone has played that game or watched that TV show. But before you scream plagiarism, Stakeland came out three years before The Last of Us. So maybe they stole from Stakeland. Who knows? <laughs> At least we borrowed some elements, I would think. 
Uh, this one stars some people I don't really know, except Danielle Harris is in this as one of the people they pick up along the way. And they do pick up a few people. It's one of those movies that really move from place to place really quickly, which I enjoy because the, the movies never stale because of that. You know, they don't stay places very long. They pick up new people. So it's kind of constantly interesting. There are some great kills in this and the vampires are fucking terrifying. And I love that. You know, we get so many kind of softer vampires in a lot of films, especially around 2010, that it's nice to see kind of a more dangerous take on the vampires. They're really kind of strong zombies, but also vampires at the same time, you know? So I, I really like the direction they went with that. The cults are also really kind of crazy. The main cult leader is just like this terrifying figure who does, you know, really bad things. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I really did. Like, I would not have watched this, I think, had it not been for this initiative that we took of taking a recommendation per month. This It's actually a lot like The Domestics, the one I watched in January, where it's like kind of a road trip movie where they go from place to place and meet interesting characters. This one's the same way. The only thing I, I would kind of knock against it, it, it might move a little too fast because you don't really get to stick around too long with each place. And it feels like this would have been a better TV show than a movie because it's such an interesting world that they build and they could take their time kind of going to each settlement and learning kind of the politics and the ins and outs of those settlements. But I would highly recommend this. I am psyched. There's actually a second one. It doesn't seem to be reviewing as well, but I'm still going to check it out. Uh, but for this one, I think people should check it out. It's called Stakeland from 2010 over on Tubi and Peacock. Yeah, that's one I've always heard of, but I've never watched so maybe i'll check it out uh, apparently like it. it got buried because of twilight uh, uh there was such vampire fatigue at that time that sure. they kind of just came and went and yeah it's too bad because i think there's a solid horror film kind of reminds me a little bit of like third days and night in the way that the vampires yeah. are like terrifying and i i like that about vampires you know they don't always need to be these fucking you know well quaffed you know uh like pale romanticizers you know i think it's sure. cool once in a while to see them as kind of zombie-like creatures that are tough to kill and you know violent nice well my next one is going to be well my next monthly watch which i'll for february is gothic 1986 recommended by shaylin little three aka little three chord me so i will be watching that sometime this within the next month so thanks for that recommendation as far as like anything else this for what watched just a couple little things i don't really have any movies but i started the leftovers based on steve's recommendation i only watched one episode so far but it's an interesting very intriguing start um and also um an update on true detective night country i started that it's only six episodes so i'm at the halfway point now three episodes down this season is so different than every other season. It's a really, really horror-esque in a lot of ways. So I would think if you're a horror fan, maybe consider jumping on it because it takes place in Alaska and it has a very thing vibe to it in a lot of ways. If you, you know, if you're so if you're a fan of the thing, maybe check it out. I will say it's been a slow go to start. I mean, Jodie Foster is the lead in this, and she's just great. I love Jodie Foster. I don't really want to say much. I will just say it kind of the case is about a group of scientists at a facility that go missing. Sound familiar? You know, kind of <laughs> um, in Alaska. Yeah. So it. I don't know. I don't know what to think of this yet. 
it's it's really gonna this show is really gonna bank on what's revealed i think by the end of it because i don't know if it's supernatural elements at play or not i don't know and i think that's kind of turned a lot of people off from true detective this season because true detective isn't hasn't been about that in the past it's been you know more about like legit detective work whereas right now it's kind of delved into supernatural territory but i think it's cool like i you know why not do something different so we'll see three episodes to go i'll give my thoughts when it concludes in a few weeks cool i'm I'm, uh i'm gonna definitely check it out i think once you know is is all of it out yet or is it like coming out no it's coming out week to week yeah Yeah. i'll I'll probably wait till the whole thing's out and then kind of binge all i i fucking hate week to week viewing (laughs) now i i just I'm too used to binging at this point, you know, where right. I just don't have the patience anywhere for a week to week television. It's just, it's gone yeah. for me. <laughs> right. I know they're taking next week off, I think for the Super Bowl. So Makes I think sense. it will probably wrap up like early to mid March is when the last episode will come out. So speaking of which we are, we talked about internally, but since Todd isn't here, I guess we'll announce it just to two oh, of yeah. us. Mm-hmm. We are doing our annual Super Bowl bet where yes. the loser simply gets a punishment film from the winners, right? Uh, this case, Kansas City versus San Francisco. Todd picking San Francisco, and Joe and I picking Kansas City. Um, yes. Is there a reason? Is is that like a Sam thing, or is it uh, you're a big no, not uh, I mean, who isn't a <laughs> right. big Swifty? Come on now. No, I just just watching football and stuff, man. Like this season and seasons past, like this Chiefs team reminds me of a lot of the Patriots like dynasty years where they just find are finding ways to win and Mahomes just he he the guy's a winner the guy just finds ways to win every single year so that's that's why I'm picking the Chiefs yeah and see San Francisco is actually my favorite NFL team mm-hmm. and to me by picking Kansas City I feel like it's a win-win so <laughs> yeah. I'm either happy that San Francisco won the Super Bowl because I love them or mm-hmm. I have a consolation prize that if Kansas City wins, at least I get to punish Todd with sure. a with a movie. So that's the only reason I pick Kansas City. But I will point out that this is my third time picking Kansas City, and I have lost every single Super Bowl bet where I pick Kansas City. So really? yeah, wow. or 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 went against Kansas. I've always on the up, on okay. the wrong end of Kansas City bet. So right, whether I pick him or don't. I always fucking lose this bet. So here we go. All right. Let's hope you get it this time. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think that leads us into our main event of the night. And that is a brand new release. 2024's Out of Darkness. You can check it out currently in theaters. I'm sure it will be hitting VOT, VOD relatively soon as well. But yeah, Out of Darkness, 2024, directed by Andrew Cumming. Starring Kit Young, Chuku Modu, Iala Evans, and Luna Muezzi. Some tough names to pronounce there, Steve, but I think I got them for the most part. All right. Uh, so, in the Old Stone Age, a disparate gang of early humans band together in a search of a new land. But when they suspect a malevolent, mystical being is hunting them down, the clan are forced to confront a danger they never envisioned steve can you you know 
Delve on that a little further. I'll try. So this takes place forty-five thousand years ago, according to a little graphic we get at the beginning, and you have a group of prehistoric cave people who are migrating from wherever they used to live before into a new land with promises that they have super like awesome warm caves and fertile land and things like that. So they that's basically the journey that they're on. And once they get there they start getting attacked by these creatures, which they don't really see. They just start losing numbers from their group and they can hear the very like guttural sounds coming from the woods and don't really know what's going on. And they also find like completely destroyed mammoths and things like that. So they know that whatever it is, is pretty dangerous and they need to either keep moving on to the promised land or they need to go back to their homeland, and that's a decision they need to make. However, the chief's son uh, is like taken, and they feel that they need to take his him back, essentially. And that's kind of the gist of the story, is them trying to get him back while surviving, figuring out what the monsters are, and deciding whether they should stay or go back to where they came from. All right. Excellent. Thank you, Steve. All right, I'll start us off here. I was super excited for this movie. Just based on the poster I saw, I don't even remember what movie I went and saw, but I saw this poster hanging up at my movie theater. And I was like, wow, Stone Age horror movie? I was like, they really have never done that before. That sounds like it could be really awesome. And then by chance, we got a, a, a screener asked if we wanted to check it out. So we're reviewing this movie the day it, it released, just based on uh, Todd not being in this week, as we decided to check it out. And I got to say, I did not like this movie, Steve, much at all. It was a massive disappointment for me, man. Uh, first hour, like nothing fucking happens, dude. Like, I, I, I really can't wait to hear what you got to say about this, but... The first hour to me was like a slog, man. Like just nothing, literal nothingness happening, like happens. Like it's just like them trying to live in this, you know, sort of, you know, 45,000 years ago time, which I might add, these people don't look like they're like cavemen really or 45,000 years ago. Like um, I think even uh, when I sent the trailer to you guys a while ago, like Todd even sort of commented like, oh, they got like five o'clock shadow or they like have like, like beards like that are really nicely trimmed for 45,000 years ago. So the authenticity, I don't think was quite there. I will say the movie is subtitled though. They do speak in a, you know, language that we are to believe, which I just read actually was created for this film, you know, so they kind of were speaking this sort of gibberish language to make it seem, you know, sort of more authentic. But, um, you know, we, so like, I guess like the main sort of character you follow is sort of this leader, character who is sort of leaving leading his sort of tribe here they picked up this stray along the way who is sort of our other you know sort of main character but i don't know like i just i just found myself not really caring too much about many of the characters here they really didn't develop them i feel like all that well so i really didn't care when when stuff did happen i will say like the last 15 minutes it starts to get a little interesting but the reveal is, I, I fucking hated it. And then sort of the messaging about this movie, it, it I didn't like either because it didn't make sense to me for something. We'll get into it, obviously, once we get into more sort of spoilery territory here. 
which I think we will warn you since this is sort of hasn't been really released yet. So for those of you that are watching it or listening the day this releases, we'll we'll give you the spoiler warning when we uh, get into more spoiler territory. But yeah, just a, a massive disappointment for me. I feel like for I will say this was the first time director Andrew Cumming this is his first sort of full length feature. And for positives wise, I will say. I found it to be visually pretty good. Like I felt like, you know, it, it it seemed like it was shot well. And some of the visuals, although the first hour visuals are pretty boring, like, you know, sort of the vast wilderness. But once we get sort of more in towards the, the ladder of the movie, I did feel like the visuals did um, start to get more interesting, especially with sort of the landscapes and stuff like that. But the score... I thought was great. I, I that is the one big positive I have. I thought the score was great, but overall, man, boring. And then uh, the twist just bad to me. But let's hear it. I, I, I just before you say anything, Steve, I feel like you're gonna be agreeing with me here. But I now, but we'll see. Well, yeah, I, I can't hide it. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I really wanted to like this movie. <laughs> it's so fucking boring, man. <laughs> like it was so boring. I watched it late last night and I was dying not to fall asleep. And so when we get screeners, sometimes we only get five watches because, you know, they're like kind of higher profile screeners and they don't want us to like distribute it, I guess, which we wouldn't, of course. But, you know, I get it right on their end. And Joe had a hard time with the screener. So he used four of those five screeners. So I only had one shot and I had to watch it that one shot. Right. So I couldn't fall asleep. It's so boring for the first, like you said, hour and a bit. It's, it's a lot of it in the dark. They're not talking like any known language. You know, they're kind of talking uh, gibberish. So it's subtitled. There's just not a whole lot going on. You know, they're talking about things that don't matter all that much. And I had a hard time with it. I also had a hard time with believing these were cavemen 45,000 years ago. They looked too modern to me. They look like modern actors pretending to be cavemen and it's not until we meet i guess cavemen later in the film that they looked a little bit more like you what you would expect but it just it, it took me out of it you know if i'm not believing what i'm seeing on screen then it kind of hurts the movie in a way i will agree with joe though the score and the sound so the sound of the creatures that you hear in the woods is terrifying it kind of reminded me a little bit of like lost when we didn't know what the smoke monster was and it had this kind of just crazy visceral sound that just felt scary and i i really like that part of it i do agree the locations get better near the end of the film but it's not like it's a visual feast in my opinion there's this kind of cool idea at the end where they're having their final confrontation during an aurora borealis uh, which gives this kind of green tint to everything but when you actually see the Aurora Borealis, it's so obviously CGI to me that it's like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> it just didn't add to the flavor, I guess, of the movie. Yeah, I, I, I can't find a ton of positives with this one, to be honest with you. There are some good kills and practical effects at times. One in particular where this guy gets his jaw like destroyed, uh, which I thought was a really cool take on it. And I started thinking about some theories about what this movie was about near the end because there wasn't a whole lot going on. So I was like, maybe we're going in for a weird swerve here at the end. And I felt that there was a twist coming. 
when we got that twist, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I guess that's what we're going to have to talk about. But I'll also talk about some of the theories a little bit later. But yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get to that twist? Because I feel that's a big no. part of this whole story, right? Yeah. Let's spoiler territory, folks. So if you haven't maybe watched it yet, maybe tune out now and come back when you, you finally watch it. So yeah, let's get into it. You know, the whole movie sort of centers around this sort of mystery of what is out there, you know, you know, the big sort of thing is the the a child gets, you know, you hear all this guttural screaming and stuff like that. We are to believe there is some sort of demon monster, you know, they say demon a couple times throughout. So we were to believe, you know, sort of like I was thinking like the ritual, right? Like, you know, there's some sort of fucking crazy ass monster demon thing out there 45,000 years ago that's kind of wreaking havoc on this you know world and uh you know the child gets snatched up uh you know out of nowhere and we're like oh shit okay and then along the way more people start getting killed like you said there that pretty fucking gruesome uh death from our leader which i thought was good like i thought it was i thought that was a smart idea to kill him off sort of because it made everyone the rest he was their leader and you know even his brother says at one point you know we will not survive without you um, so him dying sort of left them a lot more vulnerable to this to this thing. And then we get to the twist, which is I will say this movie's only an hour and like 20 minutes long. You know, with credits, it was like an hour 27. So really only about an hour 20 minutes. So I will say it's a pretty quick mover. Um, although it doesn't feel that way, like we, you know, because man, it's the first hour's tough, man. But so it's literally, I actually and I will admit this, I I uh, constantly kept looking at my feed to see how much time was left because it was just nothing was happening. So at about the almost exact one hour mark is when this twist finally is revealed of what is out there. And come to find out, it's just other cavemen. Like, it's just other, it's nothing. There's no monster. It's just a whole nother group of people that are uh, out there. They snatch this kid and they're the ones that are, you know, I mean, which I guess makes sense, you know, 45,000 years ago, there wasn't anything else really out there. It was just other sort of tribes or whatever you want to call them. But man, that's so fucking lame. Like to me, I don't know. Like, I feel like this movie, they didn't know how to market this movie. And they're like, well, I guess we'll call it a horror movie. You know, like I, it's not really a horror movie. Like at the end of the day, like, are there some horror elements? I suppose, but barely. So you know, it even like teases you, you know, like you see this thing appear out of the sort of smoke when it it's, you know, because there's that pregnant woman as well who like is trying to eat and stuff like that. And her and uh, this other guy sort of, you know, when we get the reveal are out there and, you know, you see him in the smoke, this thing with a skull face on and it sort of teases you to be like, oh shit, is this like our monster? Sort of like a prey style predator type thing. And No, he takes the mask off and it's just a caveman under there. And I was so disappointed. (laughs) I I mean, what what was your thought, Steve, when this was revealed? Yeah, I I was really disappointed as well. Now, at first, so the... They like unmask, I guess, one of the cavemen at first. And I thought, okay, maybe the caveman is working with the beast somehow, you know, or something. Like they they got this monster in the background because the sound he was making, because he does do the sound with his mouth, was one of the sounds that we kept hearing. But there was this other sound. It was even worse that I thought maybe there's something else that they're working with. But no, it's really just, it's basically just the whole story comes down to 
these cavemen, that's their territory and they're defending their territory and they're not bad people. And they, they kind of show that they, they do take the kid, but they do feed the kid and like genuinely seem to want to take care of him because he Why? was a younger boy. Right. And Why? they, because they're like that's my question like they're, they're just showing that i think it's like a kind of a life message where you can be on two different groups and you're both decent people but because you want something in common that you might both act out like monsters to get what you want and truly in real life why, you're actually it's why, a, yeah. why do they why do they surround them with, and make these noises and stuff just and just scare them the off, kid i think but why are they snatching the kid? Yeah, like, that's why? that's the thing, right? Like maybe they like they they snatching him to save him. Maybe like yeah. why? Like uh, so they're watching this other group or whatever. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I know. Right? I, I trust like, me. I get. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I was like super disappointed by the whole thing as well. And they're trying to go for this big emotional ending where they they also had killed the pregnant girl and they have like kind of a wake for her where she's like laid out like you would at a wake, like almost not in a coffin, but on top of like a stone. And there's, and there's like, they're just trying to prove that they're also civilized in a way and just a different group that's just protecting their territory. But I was kind of disappointed because by the one hour mark, when I was like dying of boredom, trying to keep myself <laughs> awake, I was trying to think, okay, wait a minute. So like I said before, I feel that the group were a little too modern looking. They're all clean shaven mm -hmm. or mostly clean shaven. Right. They move in a way that doesn't feel like old. You know, it feels like modern movement. And their pants look too modern to me. I thought maybe this is a, like a video game. Or maybe they're time travelers. Or, yeah, I, I thought of all these things because when we see the other group, they actually look like cavemen. So right. I thought maybe this group is something else entirely. You know, they're, they are modern people who are somehow back in the cavemen for whatever reason, whether it's time travel, whether it's a portal, whether it's, I don't know, anything, you know? So I thought maybe this whole thing was leading to this big twist where you find out that they are modern people living in the caveman era in some way. But then we get this and I'm like, oh, this is just too plain and yeah. boring. Like, it's just... Well, that's why it doesn't make... And that's part of the other reason. Like, it just makes no fucking sense to me. It's like okay, why do they look like cavemen, but these other people don't? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it makes no, like, okay, these people are like, look like they have access to a razor or right. something, you know? Yes. Like, and, and, these... and, and a fucking hairstylist, apparently, because right. they don't yeah. have messy and fucking he... long hair. They got like these quaffed, like, dudes. It doesn't make sense. Right. And this other group, like, literally looks like cavemen you would see from the Geico commercial. <laughs> right. So, exactly. exactly. You know? That's exactly what they look like. And it just, it did not jive with me at all. And then you get into give me a break with this fucking I okay I listen I'm all for this messaging of uh savagery and you you know you should you shouldn't you know you know kill other people cuz there's you know people are good but man 45,000 years ago that yeah. wasn't messaging like give me a fucking break everyone was a savage 45,000 years ago and to like convey this message into a stone age horror movie just I I didn't <laughs> I I was like fuck that like I I right. was not buying that everyone back then were complete and utter savages they did not care about like each other back then and stuff like that like I I don't you know I just did not even like the met like is the messaging good and important sure but like in a movie like this no it, like it it's work, like yeah. we need to we need to be a better species like okay we already fucking know that but like it's <laughs> I don't it just like. 
I would, you know, I don't blame the girl and like for killing the, you know, the other one at the end there. And the kid's like, he, they tried to fucking feed me and blah, blah, blah. Okay. But why'd they fucking snatch you? And then like, like out of fucking nowhere, like in this like terrifying situation just to take care of you. Like what, why? Like, you know, like you already have your, your sort of tribe that's protecting you. Why the fuck are they coming out of nowhere? Like, that's why it's like, I don't, like there needs to, it needs to make sense, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like it's like they, they, they like they give you like this rug and then completely sweep it from under you, like, like it just didn't make sense. Like you're, they're like giving you all these teases that there's something out there, these like crazy ass like monster things, and no, and 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 then you like give me a reason for it, and they don't even give you like a reason for why these other like people are coming and sort of fucking with them because there wasn't a re- cause, like you said because they went into their territory okay mm-hmm. so they in fucking real life they're in forty five thousand years ago they're just gonna go and fucking kill you while you're sleeping they're not right. gonna fucking make these crazy Play ass games. noises yeah, <laughs> yeah right so it's just yeah i mean it just pissed me off <laughs> yeah yeah you're right it, it would be a full-out attack like yeah. these people are on our land we're gonna kill them all you know and possibly eat them because there is a cannibal right subplot that doesn't really go anywhere i I don't really know why that's well it's like right it's all about the mess this movie's all about a message right right? like the director had this message of we shouldn't be savages we should take care of each other which sure yeah but back then no you know and it's you know they were starving and whatnot the guy was dead and it's like why waste meat let's eat each other let's like eat them you know which makes sense to me (laughs) you know they did it they did it most they did it alive right i mean that was like which was a true story and that happened in like the 60s when you need to survive you're going to survive so yeah i mean i don't know yeah they just remade that movie alive like recently they did yeah it's on netflix i think oh did you was it good yeah it's pretty good yeah Yeah. i mean to me it was like i've seen a lot it doesn't add anything (laughs) it's it's basically alive but just obviously it's not an an american American, version of it it's it's you know it is good, but it's like watching a live kind of again. <laughs> so it wasn't, I wouldn't recommend it, I guess. It's still, it's a good movie, but nothing like crazy great. But yeah, back to this movie. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just dumbfounded. Like with like, the, like I just, I, I'm kind of mad that they, they, would you classify this as horror? Cause like after watching it, I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I... They, I would say it's hard because a lot of it, it's in the dark. You think it is monsters. You hear this. It's like suspense. It's right. It's got big kills at times. Not a lot, but it has some. I would classify it enough to be a horror I film. Like, like I, I put it on my horror list, right? Yeah, it's kind right. of home invasion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, it won't make my, <laughs> my top of the horror list, no. but I would definitely put it in my horror list as something that as a contender. Right. Yeah, and there's this whole subplot that I was kind of losing the kind of point on, where they think the girl's a demon at some point, and they're like about the to stray. Sacrifice. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's more about like the paranoia and stuff. Yeah. Um, they also like went into the whole sort of she's a woman, so her only sort of purpose is to sort of procreate. Right. And, you know, because she gets her period at one point. Um, right. For the first time, and they're like, "Well, you have a purpose now." Blah blah blah. The guy even becomes like a little rapey at one point, which is yeah. weird because I think she's like only obviously she's only like 13 years old or whatever, right. which I mean, obviously back then, I'm sure it was happening sure. and stuff, but I just don't even understand sort of why, show that why that was even necessary, yeah. honestly. 
um in some ways so like yeah like to me like a lot of this this movie really didn't serve much of a purpose to me and then yeah so i get i i don't know it just yeah just i think they should have just made it a monster movie i think it would have been way cooler if you went the heart like the actual horror route and gave us some sort of monster at the end of it and i think most horror fans are gonna 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 come out of this feeling the same way and be pretty disappointed when yeah they actually it, it should have been a double swerve like reveal that some of them are like people but then have months that they're also attacking like these dangerous monsters or what if like yeah like what if, what if at the very end like the monster comes and kills them all right yeah, or something exactly. like that yeah, you know exactly. like, that would have been cool yeah like completely like throw you off or whatever but yeah just what they gave us and then just, it makes sense you know. to steal the boy they were trying to protect him from the monster in the sure in yeah the woods, you know? yeah yeah that would have been cool <laughs> anyway and yeah it's a it was bad unfortunately you know it's just yeah the way i i don't see this doing well in theaters at all no it's gonna get that initial like horror push at the beginning where people are curious and then once word gets out of what this is like i don't know it's got a pretty solid score on um on letterbox it's like a 2.9 currently yeah, sitting is, at letterbox but that's also from not many festivals. reviews obviously yeah. festival people and whatnot um yeah, festival scores are always higher than yeah once they come out to the yeah, ma- so mass public well we'll see i'm interested to see how this does once the the masses do get out and see it but yeah i think that's really all i got steve should yeah. we rate this or you got anything else no that's that's all oh. so i'm very curious uh just how low <laughs> it is for you <laughs> Uh, yeah what do you rate this man it's it's a slog man the first hour is just i was like when the fuck is something gonna happen like and i'm all for slow burns you know me like i i like slow burns but literally it was nothingness for like a solid hour like literally nothing like them just sitting in darkness or sitting in fire there was some decent moments of tension when you did get it um, but then once you get to the reveal, it's just so, so utterly disappointing. I will say like, I, I did enjoy though, like we didn't really get into it, but I didn't mind sort of the, the end sequence when they finally did sort of battle each other and kill each other. I thought mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. Like I thought it, it was, it had some moments. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to give it like extremely as low as you probably would expect. I'm going to give it a two out of five because I do think the score was great. And although it was a complete slog uh, to get through for the first hour, I don't know. Like, I disliked it a lot, and I had issues with it. But, like, a 2 out of 5 is pretty bad to me. Like, you know, once I start getting under that, it's, like, horrible territory. And I do think, technically speaking, it was shot, like, you know, it was, like, shot by someone who knew what they were doing. And... It's just, yeah, I mean, it's a, a, but it's just a massive disappointment for me still. Um, so I would uh, definitely don't recommend it, and I give it a two out of five. Yeah, I'm in the same range as you, but a little bit lower. I give mm-hmm. it 1.5 out of yeah. five for the same That's reasons. where I was teetering. <laughs> yeah, it's shot well, good score, good sound, uh, some interesting moments, but overall, this is so forgettable. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed out that this didn't pan out. Uh, because like you said, there isn't really any uh, good, you know, the uh, horror from this era. So it's too bad. I thought this could mm-hmm. hopefully be it. But I, I kind of agree with, uh, I don't know, you said Sam didn't like the trailer. I wasn't yeah. a big fan of the trailer either. 
Mm-hmm. I just thought maybe they're trying to hide stuff in the trailer. I thought it was a little too dark and not a whole lot going on. Turns out that's what the movie is like. So right, I, yeah, one point five is my final score on this. And I assume Todd would probably hate this. Oh my god, as he, well. <laughs> he, he could be a half star on this. <laughs> yeah, he, this yeah, no, he would not like this one either. Yeah. So there you have it. 2024 so far. Not to well, one okay one. We've done two so far and. I guess one for two, sort of. Yeah, well, the interview we did last week had a pretty. <laughs> oh, good that's right. Here for blood. So, yeah, yeah. Even though we didn't do right. it as a feature review, which comes right. out actually the same day as it does this comes one. out today. So yeah, watch here for, here for blood instead. Blood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think horror fans will enjoy that one a lot more than yeah, this one. <laughs> agreed. <laughs> All righty. Well, that is going to be, I think, about it for this week's episode. I we hope you enjoyed our review of Out of Darkness, currently in theaters. Obviously, Steve and I both say do not waste your time seeing it in theaters. Maybe wait for a VOD at best if you are going to force yourself to watch this one. But I think we both agree. Just skip it all together. Next week, what do we got, Steve? We are celebrating Valentine's Day, a day or two late, but whatever, uh, <laughs> by doing another. So this is going to be an annual tradition for us, I think, to do like a Valentine's Day movie. And this this year, we're picking one that I haven't seen since god mid 90s maybe so i'm really curious and that is my boyfriend's back so a romantic sort of horror comedy with a zombie boyfriend that comes back from the dead so i'm i'm curious to see how i feel about it hopefully better than we did last year with when i married an ex-murderer <laughs> or so, so i married, married an ex- so yeah. i married an ex-murderer yeah. yeah this one has definitely more i would say horror elements based on memory because man i i don't remember much about this um yeah my boyfriend's back 1993 comedy with horror elements for sure movie there currently what i'm seeing it looks like a 399 rental over on amazon prime so you know if you want to spend a little money or i'm sure there are other ways to find this it could be on youtube for free for all i know i don't i don't really know but we're currently not free streaming anywhere but 399 rental or you know i know there are other ways for you people to find it out there so go and check it out for next week's review in the meantime you can keep up with the podcast uh, on our socials facebook twitter instagram threads uh just search the horror squad podcast you can email us anytime the horror squad podcast at gmail.com but of course the absolute best way to keep up with the podcast is our discord completely free to join amazing community over there it's linked on our instagram or just send us an email or dm through our socials and we will get you a link to join our discord you can also purchase merch uh, anytime, tpublic.com. Just search the Horror Squad podcast. A lot of great stuff over there. And if you'd also like to support the podcast, leave us a five-star review on your uh, favorite podcast app. Don't forget, important dates. Living Dead weekend, June 7th through the 9th, Monroeville, Pennsylvania. You can get your tickets, livingdeadweekend.com. We are doing the 1 p.m. mall tour. That is the important uh, thing to note when buying tickets. So go come and join us on that. And October 11th through the 13th, Hocus Pocus weekend in Salem, Massachusetts. We are co-hosting that event with the cast of Hocus Pocus and um, our other collaborators. So come and join us for an amazing weekend in Salem, Massachusetts in October. It's the place to be. Obviously, if you haven't bought your ho- booked your hotel yet for that, if you plan on coming, 
book your hotel. Even if you don't end up coming, you can cancel it. But hotels are getting harder and harder to come by the more you wait for that. So definitely grab that. Tickets not on sale for that yet, but you can head to it's just a bunch of Halloween.com for uh updates and information on that. But of course, we'll keep you updated on Discord before any before the website. We give you uh firsthand information first. So you can do that. I think that's about it. So we'll see you next week for my boyfriend's back. See ya. It's so easy to use Geico.com, a caveman could do it. What? <laughs> oh, no, I, not cool. I did not no. know you were there. I didn't know I could.